Yellow. Red. <laughs> Jesse Latori here. And uh, this podcast is in transition. And this is me letting you know. Um, I've got a special guest with me today. And, um, you know, I thought there's no better way to let you know that the podcast is in transition than by actually talking about my real life transitions I'm going through as well. So, for the podcast, little, what's it called? PSA, public service announcement, um, for the last, you know, however long year, this podcast was started to be a part of an Enneagram podcast project that is now going to be a personal podcast for myself as I'm not just going to be focusing on what it will be to be an Enneagram 7, but really just a lot about the things people are asking me questions having to do with my life, with um, the world, with relationships, with parenting, with friendship, all of those type things. So this is going to be about hard work and that is the heart work. Hard work, that's the heart work, you know? Anyhow, my special guest that's here with me today, I'm super excited about because you probably haven't heard from him much in like the last year because Home Slice over here decided to, um, you know, get off the socials. So uh, he still got his, his Instagram and things like that, but he does not have the apps on his phone. So drum roll, please. He did his own drum roll. <laughs> Pedro Latore here in the house with me. There's <laughs> a baby airline. I'm here, and I did my own drum roll. I can't deal. We're I'm here. super excited to talk to you today because I get to talk to you every day. But basically, this is just um, this is what we're gonna do. We're gonna just um, process where we are right now. Yeah. In the process, yeah. um, and do it out loud. I kind of wish we had a camera because. We're, I'm in like my gym clothes. He's wearing a Justin Timberlake shirt, which makes <laughs> me so happy. Man of the woods. Yeah. Um, so yeah, where have we been? What have we been doing? Babe, you haven't been on the socials for a year. What have we been up to? Yeah, I think what you said is accurate. We have been in transition. We've been doing some amazing work with Compassion International. Mm-hmm. Um, I dipped on the socials. Oh, pause. Okay, so probably the number one question I get asked yeah. on the daily is like people don't fully actually even know what we do. So right. like for me to say that this is, we're in transition, they're right. probably like, cool, you're always in transition. Like you're always traveling or moving or like, what does that even mean? So let's, we'll back up a little bit for you. Yeah? Yeah, let's do that. So um, where to start? Well... Basically, what we've been doing since we moved out to California, um, many of you probably know that we toured a lot when Pedro was doing Christian music, um, when he was playing drums for different artists. Okay, okay, sir. Um, And then um, we were also traveling a lot doing Hope in Motion, which is our nonprofit organization where we spoke in public schools. And um, about, gosh, it's been over four years now. So probably, probably like maybe five years ago now, we went on a trip that kind of 
changed the narrative for us, kind of mm-hmm. changed all of what we do in terms of work. So tell me about that. Yeah, so we did. We went on the trip. I was in the middle of touring with Group One Crew. Um, for those of you who don't know, Group One Crew, Christian music, Swagoo Ragu. It was fun. We had a lot of good times. <laughs> That's a KJ52 saying, sorry. Swagoo okay. Ragu. My wife just looked at me with that disgusted, like, what did you just say, face? Swagoo Ragu. Like Ragu? Like spaghetti? Yeah. It's, it's right. okay. Uh, <laughs> and on. basically, we got asked to go on a trip. I met a really great friend years and years prior to that named Nate Ernsberger, who works with Compassion International, and we went on an amazing trip to Nicaragua. We decided to sponsor two amazing children, Russell and Emily. Nicaragua. They're brother and sister. They are brother and sister. And um, yeah, that led to us kind of, really for me, it, personally, it led to me coming back to the States and being in, I think we were in the Carolinas or somewhere, playing at this big kind of music festival thing. It was like an outdoor amphitheater thing. And Actually, you were in the middle of a tour that yeah. fall. So at that time, our life was a lot of a lot of traveling, a lot of touring. You did two major tours that year. It was kind of hectic and so yeah I was on a bus tour big tour bus and it was fancy and you know we played the set and everything went great and I was coming back on to get on the bus and I looked up and saw the moon and it was a full moon which may not mean much but the trip we had just taken to Nicaragua um, there was a family whose house got flooded out um, when it was a full moon and uh, the tide would come in and fill their home with about two and a half, three feet of water. And it would cause asthma and, you know, the, the list goes on for their children and the yeah. family. So I like broke down and started crying as I got back on the bus and um, had a great conversation with my friend Manuel with Group One and just started sharing my heart for like using my voice for something bigger than just, just playing drums. Not that just playing drums is small, but I just felt like God was inviting me into something deeper and different in a new season. And that started the transition of compassion to four and a half or I don't know how many years uh advocating for children living in extreme poverty and um freeing them from that poverty in Jesus name and that's their their mo and what they do and they do it great and it was awesome we got thousands of kids um sponsors Mm -hmm. which led to education for these kids and food water health care when they needed it um and an opportunity to see here respond to Jesus all of which was happening through the local church and so that's what I got to be a part of and we, as a home, got to crush. And it was so much fun. We love compassion. We, yeah. um, yeah, it's funny you bring up that story. I, for, I kind of forgot that that was one of the big moments that really changed the game for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think about it literally every time I see a full moon. Yep, me too. Yeah, and forever changed because of that. I mean, I, I remember being in, in that particular home. Um, and the floors being dirt, being, mm-hmm. you know, um, and it being such a real thing where you could see the lines where the water had like receded in their home. And it's not like they were on the beach. They were a yeah. good ways in, you know, and that just being like such a crazy reality that a family would uh, be living in those conditions and, um, really really just life-changing and that's exactly what it did for us it changed our lives forever and um kind of explain to me babe like or explain to people what it is you did with compassion you said you were advocating so like in layman's terms yeah what did you do yeah I would so I would go out and speak in the middle of a concert 
or a tour, um, go out with a group of artists, um, and they would give me a slot to go out and, and share stories with people and invite them into those stories through sponsorship. Sponsorship being like $38 a month, gifts, child, all those things I just listed before. So yeah, it'd be a tour, it'd be a festival, it'd be a conference, it'd be a, a one-off date at some yeah, amphitheater, a theater. A church. Yeah, church, many churches. And um, sometimes I would preach and share the gospel and invite people into extreme generosity through the lens of the gospel. Sometimes it was just at a big festival in the middle of, you know, David Crowder and Skillet and, go out there <laughs> and you get 12 minutes, you know, or 15 minutes and you got to go for it. Uh, but it was so much fun because it, it really taught me how to carry the heart of the people I'm advocating for. Um, you know, you, you, get, you can get in between these artists or get in between these um, sets and it can feel like a big pressure, you know, like sure. I get this small window to like invite thousands of people or hundreds of people into making a big decision, like a really big decision in between, you know, funnel cakes and all the roller coasters mm. at Six Flags, you know, yeah, um, or other distractions. And so it, was, it felt like, a you know, a lot of pressure, but I just started thinking through the lens of an advocate and through the lens of if they had the mic, what would they say and how would they invite people in? And so I just tried to think like that and speak like that and got to have some amazing impact. And that's, so that's kind of the, the background and, and what it meant to be an advocate out on the road and doing that. And so, and I think what you have been doing is actually so hard. Like you're a fantastic communicator and just, I think in a cultural context, like for people to be coming to a festival or mm-hmm. um, a concert or something, they're like, they're excited to hear music and it's really hard to kind of be like the buzzkill in the middle, you know, you get this hard slot where you're like Mm -hmm. taking people from this, like, yeah, this is my jam. This is my favorite song to like, like (laughs) people are dying every day around the world without Jesus. Right. Well, you know, and it it was, it was, it it was a learn, it was a huge learning curve as a communicator, you know, because other formats you go preach and it's like, just preach, you know, and then Mm -hmm. other formats it's like, uh, encourage these students and you're like okay great I can do that uh, so this was like people were there for a very specific reason spend their hard-earned dollars to come watch these and bands that specific and reason was not you and I was not that specific reason and so what was really cool about it is is getting to get creative I feel like I became we talk about communicating we just think of somebody standing on stage and speaking but I really learned how to you know utilize humor and I I, I think during the last three or four years I've probably watched more comedians And I'd like to admit, um, even our friend, Angela Johnson, who's an amazing comedian, learning timing and learning like how to like set up jokes better and like how to pull people. So it's like how to pull people into story through comedy and humor and your own personal story, connecting it to your own life. Why are you up there on the stage? Why do you even care about this? Like, why are you the guy here right now? Why is your name Pedro? All the (laughs) things I wrestle with every day. And so learning how to use all of that in a way that was... um, you know, creative and, and engaging for people. And it didn't just feel like I walked out and said, hey, millions of people are going to die tonight. You know, and it's like, oh my God, I just want to eat my funnel cake in peace. And I just, I mean, I know I've said it before, but I'll say it again. I just want to commend you. Like it's been, it's been incredible to watch you like grow in this and to, you know, I'm so thankful even for, you know, people who saw that in you publicly really what people saw you doing at that time was playing music and um, for someone like Nate to see your heart and see your abilities and really be like hey you should be doing this and and you know we weren't 
advertising all over the place that you were speaking in schools and yeah. you know speaking in churches or things like that that's it just kind of like social media wasn't as big then I feel like and mm-hmm. um so I'm just super grateful for the opportunity I mean what a what a cool thing we've gotten to do been amazing and i am thankful and nate, that's nate if you're listening <laughs> we are really thankful i feel like that kind of like leads us into um you know how i mentioned that we're in transition right now well, before you tell them about transition okay they, sh- they should know that the the hardest part about leaving that season for me was one made some amazing friends through compassion had some amazing impact made some great friends out on the road but the hardest part of that season was letting go of telling Russell and Emily's story. You know, that was the thing that catapulted us um, out there every single day. That was what allowed you and Justice to send me to go get on airplanes. And I mean, I think I can safely say just about every time I left, one of us was crying. <laughs> if not me and you, it was our son in the backseat screaming and yelling. You know, he didn't want daddy to go. But what made that possible, because a lot of people wonder that, I think, like, why in the world? Do you leave your family and you leave, you go on weekends and you're out and then you come back and you're out and you come back. And what made that possible was the the thing we were out there doing was so meaningful and it mattered and it was kingdom and it was big and it was um, literally keeping people alive. And mm-hmm. so that sending and telling their story is what probably was the hardest part of that transition for us. Like as we move into the now new season, which we can talk about. And I about. think that's what... Um that's kind of where I was going. It was just to say that like, um, in transition, I think something I'm really learning is that sometimes the hardest part of transition is the like, you know, mixed emotions of happiness and sadness, Mm. like excitement and like almost a morning coexisting simultaneously like at what feels like the same um rate or the same you know yeah heightened emotions and I think that's been a huge thing for for you and I as we've navigated um this I guess you would say like winter it's funny that literally here in LA we're finally going into spring like the weather's just starting to feel like spring and we literally our our lives are looking exactly like the weather right now where we are we're changing seasons um as the weather changes and i think i think that there's been so much heart growth this season um where we've learned what it is to be excited about new adventures and opportunities and cool things happening while being in like a morning of gosh we're so we're so thankful you know we're so thankful for where we've gotten to be and compassion's just been a huge gift to our family like it has been the most honoring work it has been um such a a beautiful beautiful thing i am I found myself telling some friends of mine this recently and it, and it making me so emotional as we were um, starting to transition. I, I found myself getting so emotional because I was like, man, how lucky are we? 
you know, how lucky are we that we've gotten to provide for our family, that like our home has been able to be taken care of with the great work of getting to speak on behalf of the voiceless, that caring for, you know, other people's children. Hmm. Like it just being such a fulfilling work, you know, we're so, so thankful that we get to do meaningful work. And um, it has been a team family all on board effort. Like I'm so excited for Justice to get to hear when he's older about this season of our life. And, um, you know, he knows already and prays for his, you know, brother and sister in Nicaragua, you know. And I'm just so excited for that relationship to continue to grow I, I love that. I mean, we will forever, forever, forever um, support Compassion. Like, mm-hmm. I just love the integrity with which that their company runs. I love um, every single human that we've ever met that has worked for Compassion, whether that be here in the States or in countries abroad. The, the DNA of who they are, um, down to the core, they're, they've all been kind generous, thoughtful, um, creative, intentional, like human beings, you know, who really, um, their heart is to serve others. And that's just kind of remarkable to have an experience with a a company and never, never to have a bad experience with a company. Yeah. So true. You know, and it's been really cool for me to see in this transition, um, to see even, you know, how you've handled it, like how you have, um, with your, I guess, I don't know. I don't think it would be peers, the the people who you've worked with, the people, um, above you, all of those things, just how honoring everyone has been to each other. Um, that's been really cool to see how much they've loved you, how much you've loved them. And you guys have shown that and been verbal about that. And, um, that's, that's been really super cool for me. Yeah. It's been an incredible ride. And it says a lot about the culture that they've created, um, in the org all across the board, whether, like you said, whether it was in Nicaragua and watching projects in real time change and churches work and, you know, from volunteers at events, you know, yeah. like thousands of volunteers I've probably worked with over time and to um, just people who are willing to step up and serve. And then obviously the employees, like everyone carried the mission as though it was their own, you know, like they carried the org yeah. and their piece of the org as though it was the whole org. Yeah, like it was as it was thing. the whole mission. Yeah. As though it was their mission. They personally started this organization. That's hard to do. Like, that's hard to do with anything, you know. So the it's fact good that leadership. Do it, yeah, I mean, it's an incredible, incredible thing. It's like essentially what you always want to work toward with the team. Yep, hundred percent. You know, and I think it's cool if you think about it. Really, what that says of them is that in the same way that they were um, creating sustainable work, like the work they were doing is sustainable, um, and the way that they built it. Also, they are creating, you know, a sustainable team, like sustainable souls, if you will, within the team. So that's just really super cool, really super cool. And, um, you know, this winter, I guess you would say, um, a new opportunity arose and um, it's been a hard, 
a hard decision, I guess you could say, um, in leaving something you love so much to do something you really feel like God is like putting before you to also be doing incredible, meaningful work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think at least as I look back, I see sort of this trajectory that God has had us on as a home um, for a long time, like around social injustice and issues in the world. You know, we live in a world where I think everyone wants to be a part of change, you know, and so the fact that we get to wake up every day and actually be on the front lines of that and be involved and have a hand to the plow in that in in different ways is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. So the new season is here. It's exciting. Um, should I just drop it on them? Like, what, what, do I need to set this thing up? Are we ramping it up? What are we doing? <laughs> no, just okay. go for it. So um, I'm doing some kind of consulting and storytelling alongside uh, a friend now, uh, Scott Harrison, with an organization called Charity Water. Yeah. And we're super pumped. We are super pumped. over the moon to be working with Charity Water. We have long um, loved Charity Water. Totally. I remember when I... Side note, accidentally Ooh, yes. became a teacher. Yeah. Um, That's a whole other really good story. It's a whole really other story, story but like eight so years good. ago, basically, I accidentally became a teacher. That's all. And um, I remember my first year teaching. I didn't really know what I was doing because um, I didn't go to school for that. But um, I really wanted the kids that I was teaching to understand that they still, even though they were very um, in a very low-income area, mm-hmm. that they were still very lucky, and they had a lot. And so I remember sharing an animated video yeah. of Charity Waters with them, and then we spent like the next month, they all collected change or money, yeah. whatever they could, and then donating it to Charity Water. And that was like so cool. eight plus years ago. So we've long known of the work of Charity Water and just admired them um, for the yeah. way that they've done their work and what they've done. And um, yeah, we're freaking stoked. Yeah. And for those of you maybe who have no context for Charity Water, yeah. you're like, I don't even know what that means. Uh, it's an amazing organization started by, like I said, uh, my friend Scott Harrison um, 13 years ago now. And over the last 13 years, they've been able to give safe and clean drinking water to almost 10 million people, which is insane. And it yeah. really, he was a nightclub promoter in New York, living his dream for 10 years across 40 different nightclubs promoting events and went on a trip that uh, changed his life and just felt like God was kind of calling him back to his faith and to service and to generosity and to cheerful giving and Mm -hmm. so saw the problems overseas that are happening realized 52 percent of the world's health problems can be uh traced back to unclean water and was like dude i gotta do something about this and uh you know since found well i mean then right after that threw a party he was like i'm gonna go back to what i've always done good you know he threw a party in a nightclub and raised enough money to uh, start some of their first few projects and it helped you know 30,000 plus people in a community in northern Uganda and that has led to now activating people from all over the world of all different faiths of all different socioeconomic backgrounds from all different political views around one central issue which is a, like you used the phrase the other day this is a human issue this is yeah, absolutely and so uh man just to be able to the best of my ability use my voice uh, to go out there and travel and, and share with people and engage them on this is, is incredible and 
and it really falls in line with so much of what our home is about. Um, I'll even take a quick pause break here for a second just to even say we're always in this constant state of transition and flux within our home. And what I mean by that is we're always asking ourselves, like, what are our values and what are our practices? Like, what are the things we believe and what are the things we're doing? And is what we're doing, like, falling in line with what we believe? And is what we believe being, you know, fulfilled in what we're doing? And so um, when this charity water opportunity came through relationship and friendship, it was a, it was an easy, like, oh, this is totally in line with our values of... Uh, you know, continuing the work of of helping people who don't get a microphone and don't get to say, I need help. And so the fact that I get to now travel and do that, and um, it's incredible. Yeah, I'm, I mean, personally, when I, when I refer to it as a human issue, it's because really, um, ultimately, like you're saying, regardless of what you believe, you know, what you're political standpoints are, your religious views, this, that, and the other thing, Mm -hmm. Um, I think we can all agree that every human deserves the right to survival. And and the number one thing that we need for survival is water water (laughs) to run through our bodies. Um, And, Mm. you know, in hearing about this issue, I just think it's so easy sometimes in our culture to, like, just not worry about what we don't really know that much about or we're mm. not that exposed to and I think for me it's just it it was for years it was that I just didn't really know the, the news wasn't always covering this or or what have you that this was a problem that people were dealing with and yeah. so I think now as an adult um, the responsibility so much more I feel like falls um, on on me to get involved because I this is also a huge issue for women in these countries um gosh women who are going and spending their lives retrieving water for their children for their babies for their families Mm -hmm. um spending sometimes up to eight hours you know walking to and from these water sources only to bring back water that is dirty that they're trying to you know filter through their scarves or other materials to try to you know semi clean for their kids Um, and then in turn oftentimes kids are dying of simple things like diarrhea and vomiting you know because of all of the bacteria I mean I can't imagine as a mom um, giving my kid Mm -hmm dirty water to drink I can't imagine um, him drinking from the same water that there's animals bathing in I mean I I could go on and on and on um, just based on what I believe um, we have a duty to other humans in Um, not to mention the fact that I just I just feel like it is such an honor to do brave work and this is this is something that I'm encouraged by that the charity water team has a plan to end this problem in our lifetime Um, and that essentially they've got the blueprints and the biggest thing missing is funds is money you know from people and so I think it's one thing that's really cool and kind of part of our um involvement in in this is that they've had 
such success in the world in terms of support. I mean, celebrity support, uh, you know, Saks Fifth Avenue donating their windows and taxi cabs donating their um, advertisement space. I mean, they've had so much support from the world. And I'm really stoked because um, part of what we get to be involved in is helping get the church on board. And I just feel like the church is going to be the people to... um, really make a huge dent, a change, maybe end this thing altogether. Yeah, and it's, it's just really cool to, on a personal note, to watch um, Scott, Scott Harrison, you know, lead through through his faith. And what I mean by that is, you know, he, he knew because this problem's so big, I can't start a Christian organization. You know, I have to start an organization that anybody feels comfortable giving to, being a part of. And yeah. But his faith is so infused in everything he does that he's willing to you know, right now even get on videos and, and share and yeah. go to churches, uh, different churches around the country himself and, and share and talk about scripture, talk about his heart um, for seeing this crisis end. And so it's been really cool for me just to watch him lead uh, sort of in the middle, you know, in the middle as a guy who came up in the church, kind of ran from it, came back as a prodigal son, if you will, and now is leading, really leading this crisis, leading the issue yeah. globally. Um, bridging that gap. Bridging that gap. that tension. Yeah, and just living into that. And so yeah. that for me has been a huge encouragement. And so he's kind of given us the, 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 the sort of uh, pass the baton to us, if you will, of just saying, hey, let's engage the church. Let's um, unite the body of Christ around this issue. Let's see the church quite possibly get credit for ending the water crisis in our lifetime. How crazy awesome would that be? Yeah. And so um, that's what we're giving our life to right now and giving our time to and many weekends to fly out. And matter of fact, I just did, depending on when this airs, but mm-hmm. I just recently did um, my first uh, charity water date uh, the other day, which was really cool on Sunday. And today yeah. is, what's today? Tuesday? Tuesday. Tuesday. It's a work Tuesday, day for me. Yeah. So Tuesday. Um, and it was awesome. It was really cool. Got to be at yeah. a church in San Antonio, Texas. And then this You're next weekend, this I'll weekend. be in Midland, Texas with... The New Life Church, who I love, Pastor Braden and Leanne. And so, man, we, we are just, we're blown away. We have a, an amazing team of, what, four of us in total on, mm-hmm. on the West Coast working working this. And so maybe even if you're listening and you're like, dude, I would love to have something like this at my church. Um, we'd love to talk about it and see what it could look like. And so um, yeah. the best part is it's free. You just, I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming to you. So... We'd love to talk about that, and this isn't a pitch. We're not pitching you, so just uh, if you're interested, feel free to hit Reach us up. Reach out, yeah. yeah. It's but cool. I think it's such an honor, too. Like, it's such a weighty responsibility that, you know, we mm-hmm. are in full recognition of. Like, yep. gosh, what Scott and Charity Water has built and done, mm. and I actually want you to tell a little bit about that, about their um, 100%. Mm, yeah, um, sure policy if you will Um, but what they have done has been remarkable it's like pioneering for um the nonprofit like sector i really feel like i feel like it's um yeah yeah so through the process of scott starting this whole organization he realizes that one of the big thing is that people want to know where their money's going you Mm -hmm. know and so he was like uh how much of this money can we make sure goes to projects actually getting people clean water from the very beginning so he's like you know what we're going to do we're going to start an organization that literally gives 100% of everything given directly to water projects to the impact that we're going after. Yeah. And uh, many people, including some of his closest friends, were like, no way, don't do that. That's impossible. Mm-hmm. You have an organization, you have overhead, you're going right. to have salaries one day. You're going to have yeah. so many costs, right? 
But he decides, you know what, we're going to create this thing called the 100% model. And the basic idea is that he's going to open up two bank accounts. And this is how the organization runs. Two bank accounts. One that is for operational, organizational overhead. And the other that is for projects, directly for projects. So there's people who give separately yeah. to the overhead costs mm-hmm. so that so there's a small charitable group of giving people, can go completely. Right. There's a small group of people. Uh, I think right now um, just under 200 people, families, individuals who give um, annually and they're called the well, this whole community of people that are covering all the overhead stuff. So they, they don't get any of the cool credit, you know, of the, mm-hmm. the actual wells being built. But they really are actually the well. They, they are the ones powering the work to actually yeah. be done. Yeah. So that when you give $100 online, they can honestly say 100% of that is going to go directly to the projects, including like your Amex fee, right? Your, sure. That little percent that the credit card company takes the organization actually pays to have that covered so the other bank account is covering that so when they say a hundred percent it's truly a hundred percent so it's really awesome and there's so many layers to that that i could go into but um we're just stoked we're stoked to be a part of it we're stoked to get out there and engage the church yeah and for years i mean scott's really been the primary person to tell the story Mm. of charity water so the weight that we feel is man so thankful that he is um trusting us, trusting your voice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's, it's a real mark of an amazing leader when they're able to take something that they've built with so much care, mm-hmm. um, and love and all of those things, and then be able to kind of hold it open handed and interest someone else with it. And so yeah. we don't take that lightly. Nope. We are excited. We are all hands on deck, fully invested and, um, yeah, and what we're really encouraging people to be a part of is the spring, which yeah. will be, um, which is similar to a sponsorship type um, model. Yeah, yeah, and, it's, it's like a subscription. You know, like we all subscribe to HBO and Vimeo and mm-hmm. Netflix and so on and Spotify and all of that. So it's yeah. it's really built like a subscription model. The big difference is, so it's thirty dollars a month gives twelve people in the year clean water, which yeah, is that's amazing, incredible, right? So. The big difference in that is that what it's going to enable people to do is really get engaged with the work. Every couple of weeks, you're getting an email saying, sure. this is where your money's going. This is the impact that you're having. So it's not like a typical subscription where you do a subscription and then you forget you have it for three years. And then you go back <laughs> and you're like, oh my gosh, I wasted $1,875.36 uh, and I didn't even know it. you know, And uh, I could have bought so many ramen noodles with that. Oh my gosh. And so um, this is really to show the impact, to prove the impact, and to engage a community of generous people who are expecting nothing in return, you know, who are just giving generously because they want to live big, they want to live outside of themselves, and to keep seeing their their dollars go to work on real life issues. And um, it's really cool. You and I joined the spring. Yeah. We're a part of of it. Of course. And I always said, I'm never going to get on a stage and advocate for something that I don't actually live out. Right. And so we were the first ones to get to join the spring in our initiative and what we're doing with churches. Yeah. We got to be the first ones, which is pretty cool. Hey. Yeah. So I also love that people give, um, I love when people give their birthdays. Mm-hmm. I was just talking to a teenager I know and love recently, and that's what she did last year for her birthday is um, instead of having people send her gifts, yeah. they had she had them give to this 
cause. And so I love that. I love and that that's, people. that's cool because it's like you give the age of the person. Oh, right, right, right. So, you know, the older you are, the more you get to ask for, which is kind of cool. But Babe, you're going to be what? Don't talk about it. Three this year? I'll be 33. So so this year you're going to give your birthday? Absolutely. Ask everybody to give 33 bucks? Absolutely. And it's, you know, it's a really practical way of just saying, hey, I've got all that I could ever want and need. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we are wealthy, even though we all probably listening and even me talking, we have things we think we want, things we think we need. Yeah. I'll even use that word. And the reality is like if you have clean water and access to any type of medical attention when you need it and you have, you know, air in your lungs, like these basic things, a roof over your head, like mm-hmm. you're in the top 1% of the world, actually yeah. even better than that right now. So, you know, there's 52% of the world is living with unclean water, which is a crazy thought. Yeah. And, um, you know, our son's waking up right now, so he's <laughs> going to come out here and snuggle Well, us. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat you this year after whatever yes. you raise for your okay. birthday. We're going to go into competition, but I like I it. assure you true, that true I seven. will. <laughs> true seven with an eight wing, I think. Oh, man, I love it. I love it. I love the competition. So, yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be an amazing journey. We're going to see, uh, I believe, so much impact through just the local church getting activated. And um, I think right now we're planning to to go after about 30 churches across the U.S. And that's what our team is kind of working hard at. That's our kind of capacity for the year, yeah. how many you can do. And We'll do a whole bunch of podcasts and share, share on it, some podcasts and all of that. But um, We're hoping to get like ten to 15,000 yeah, new, new people. New spring subscribers. New spring subscribers involved. Yeah. And can we talk real quick before we close this up, just what are some of the things we've learned about transition in this process? Yeah. Um, I think honesty is the first word that comes to mind, is being honest with what you're feeling. Like, transition sort of has a way of, like, excavating everything you're feeling and pulling it to the top, you know? And being okay to be honest and just say, I'm feeling this, or I'm, whether it's frustration, whether it's joy, whether it's mourning, like we talked about, yeah. and giving permission to yourself to live in the tension of all those different emotions and, and feel a little bit crazy some days where you're like, mm-hmm. I feel so excited about the future, but yet I'm so sad about losing this other part of my life or transitioning in this other part of my life. Um, <laughs> That's our son. He just he just tooted on purpose, like a I'm foot away from the microphone. Oh, that is amazing. It's real life. Kind of wish we were filming this. I know. Uh, yeah. So I think honesty is probably the first thing that comes to mind. Um, being honest. I think adjustment too, and um, adapting. Speaking of adjusting, my neck just yeah. Popped. Stop that. Our chiropractor would not approve of your. Self adjustment here. That's true. I need to get down. So I feel better. Um, but yeah, I think a big thing, you know, keeping the main things, the main things for us, you know, we are committed to, and this is actually something that Scott says in his book that I love so much, um, which if you haven't read that book, oh my goodness, you need Thirst. to. It's yeah. amazing. And um, something it. that I love that he says is he talks about um, not being afraid of work that has no end. And I definitely think that we are, um, we're a part of that. Yeah, and just enjoying the ride, you know? I think when you think about work that has no end, there's a lot There's a lot of work to be done. There's 663 million people who wake up every single day without access to clean water. 
And so we're just happy to be a part of that work. And it does feel like it's a work that has no end, but the reality is it will. Um, it will end, the water crisis will end, but the work of making um, the world a better place will never end. Right. You know, and so that's really what that quote, I think, pushes towards. It's like, you know, Scott even talks about it. You know, we're going to solve this crisis and we're going to move to the next one. That's right. Whether it's education or healthcare or, or housing or so on and so forth, we're going we're gonna to keep moving because why not? And that's really what I mean. I mean, like, people oftentimes look at our lives and think we're crazy because we just are not making steps or strides towards kind of the American dream or standard in terms of retirement and things like that. But, like, I just feel like in a life of ministry and of service to people and where we want to continually be um, stretched and, you know, growing and changing and all of those things I think it's it's funny it's like you know anytime we feel like um financially maybe we're comfortable or things like that um we feel our heart prompted to give more away right you know and I just I just foresee that always being the condition of our heart moving Mm -hmm. forward that we will always be growing in our generosity growing um in our generosity not just towards like not just in a financial regard, but also in our time distribution and our service to others. Yeah, I think that's true. And I think that's the mission. <laughs> that's the mission we're on is to, you know, see see other people impacted, see other lives changed, see other people feel loved and desired and known and helped. And so we're going to keep giving our life to work like that. We call it brave work given our life to brave work and um you know i think as we think less about our own comforts and our own desires um the irony is is that we feel more comforted in a lot of ways and um more satisfied with our lives than the initial idea that picture we create for ourselves being whatever the american dream is you know we actually find some sort of new picture that is actually far more desirable and exciting um you know, and you got to keep people around you who remind you of that and a community of people around you who remind you of what life's all about. And uh, I don't think I'm going to get to my deathbed and wish I made more money, you know. I think yeah, I'm going to get there and wish I probably gave more away, you know, and uh, was willing to live a little more open-handed. And um, and that's the goal. It's not to be a Christian, a good Christian. You right. know, it's just to love well and to love with the end in mind that we're going to arrive one day Um at the end and we're going to look back and go did I give as much as I could have did I love as well as I could have and I think that's the lens I try to wake up every day and live from and and fail to on many days but that's the that's the goal yeah that's the goal so there you have it I mean that is our Latori family update Mm -hmm. um that would have been a lot to try to cover um on social media so We just wanted you to hear it from us here first, that that's where we're at. That's where we've been at um, and just where we're headed. And we're so excited. Well, you'll hear so much more about um, what's going on with um, the church meeting in our home and with Charity Water and all the things moving forward um, as this podcast grows and changes um, to kind of reflect a lot of that. And um, where we'll likely process through things um here yeah yeah and so we're we're really excited and um yeah 
I'm excited to even have this podcast of a remembrance of where we are today. Totally. It's going to be amazing. Our son's taking pictures of us on a camera. I don't know why, but... Well, because he woke up from a nap and he's entertaining himself because he's a boss. Hi, bud. Come here, I take two pictures. Okay, I'll come see you take two pictures. Well, looks like we got to wrap up here. But love you guys. Thank yeah. you for loving us and supporting us, caring about us. If you've made it through to the end of this podcast, you're, you're a champ. Fan. Yeah, you're we, the real deal. we love you. And <laughs> we're thankful that you care that much about us to um, know what's going on with us. And thanks for your prayers through it all. Thank you, guys. We love you.